Welcome to Dev Jams. This is where we talk about interesting, innovative, inspiring development projects done by our Cloudinary community. And of course, because they are Cloudinary community members, they probably use Cloudinary in those projects. I'm Sam Brace. I am the Director of Customer Education for Cloudinary. And joining me for every one of these Dev Jams episodes is Becky Peltz, who is our Curriculum Program Manager for Developer Education. So, Becky, welcome back. Well, hey, Sam, um, I'm really excited to be here. And, 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 and it was, this was a fun episode because we're working with our colleague here, Colby Fayak, and, you know, he's always a pleasure to work with. He really is. I, I got to tell you, since Colby has come on as a member of our developer evangelism, developer relations team, he's just made such a massive impact. And we normally don't profile people that work Cloudinary because they, they know all the things to do with Cloudinary. But he developed such an interesting project working with Netlify and building a build plugin to automatically optimize all of the images, all of the videos that are being delivered on a web application, web project via Netlify. And it's something you can even use today. So if you are a Netlify user, you can go and attach this plugin to your account and start using it and getting the nice magic of all of the automatic formatting and compression when it comes to quality for your overall project. And this is where we walk through it all with Colby, understanding exactly how he built it, why he built it, and not just about the cloudinary aspects of it, but just developing the overall plugin and submitting it and working with Netlify for so many things that we talk about with him in this episode. Yeah, and he uses some really nice um, cloudinary technology for uh, accessing remote images. He uses our fetch delivery type. And by using that, you don't have to like do a big migration to get your images into Cloudinary to work with Cloudinary. And so I think it's interesting as you watch the episode to see how he does that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's definitely where I think there's, cause there's so many nuggets in this one, guys, that I think this is going to be an episode where if you're doing anything when you're working with the Jamstack, when you're working with images and videos, if you're doing anything where you're just trying to understand how do I build this thing to benefit the overall user community of this application or overall site that I really love. There's so many things that Colby teaches us here in this episode. So I don't want to waste your time anymore. I think me and Becky could go on all day gushing about how good this episode's going to be. So let's just get into the episode. Let's have you listen to it. And then at the end, come on back because we have some key takeaways for you about the things that Colby taught us. Colby, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So Colby, you're a little bit different than every other guest we've ever had on Dev Jams up to this point, because you actually work with us at Cloudinary. Normally we're talking to people from the outside that are doing really awesome things with Cloudinary for part of their development projects, but you actually happen to work with us. So this is, uh, this is a treat to be able to talk with you about the things that you've been doing since you've started as part of the team. Yeah, and it's been a fun journey so far. It's only been, I guess, a little over a month now. And um, I've just been having a lot of fun playing with all the different uh, new Cloudinary APIs that I've been learning about. And um, one of the things has been this Netlify plugin that I've been messing around with. So excited to chat about it. We're happy to hear about Netlify plugins. We haven't talked to anybody that's that's created one, and it'll be fun to see how that works. 
Absolutely. So before we get into that, though, Colby, I, I do want to give people a little bit of context because obviously we know who you are. I knew about you before you started Clonary, but in case that our listeners and viewers haven't been privy to the awesomeness of Colby, can you just give us a little bit of detail about who you are, how you got to Clonary, and maybe some of the things that you're doing here now that you're part of the team? Sure. So I'm Colby Fayok. I'm a uh, developer experience engineer. Uh, I, I've been with, again, I've been with Cloudinary for a little over a month now, but I've been talking to uh, the team for a little while now, uh, since right before the pandemic, and it finally worked out uh, where I now join the team. Um, I kind of focus on trying to help bring developers uh, specifically to solve their challenges with media. So um, Hopefully that's with Cloudinary, you know, but ultimately my goal is to help the developers uh, accomplish their goals. Um, I kind of started off as a front end engineer and UI designer and transitioned into the de developer relations, developer advocate uh, role from there because I just enjoy teaching and uh, helping create content for developers to learn. Um, so that's kind of where my journey came from uh, to this role. Hey, you know, I've, I've watched you on a rapid learning path here at Cloudinary too. And I'm interested in like kind of how you learn and how you share what you learn. Sure. Uh, so for me, it's I, I like to learn by just diving in. I, I like to kind of say learning by doing because um, that's for me the best way to learn where um, instead of trying to like read through a bunch of stuff, I just like to spin up a new project and try to work my way through the tool, uh, whether or not I'm fumbling through it, you know, trying to work through any of the documentation, just uh, try to make it work and see what I learn along the way. But that's proven pretty well for me so far. And then once I do learn that, I take that and I try to teach other developers in a, in a way that, uh, you know, I found it helpful to kind of explain, trying to cover some of those details that might not traditionally be covered um, by other people's uh, educational content. What I have to say, Colby, like basically about the program, I think your learning style and your the way that you approach it almost fits exactly how the plugin came about, at least from the outside perspective, because it almost was like day one, Colby's working for us. Day two, the plugin is here. So it was definitely a case where I feel like the learning by doing is definitely something that we had here, where this was your first chance to develop a project with Cloudinary that was now part of your full-time work with Cloudinary. And you just dumped, jumped in hands first, feet first into the project, which I was really impressed by. I noticed just that you are great at asking questions. I see you on many Slack channels and you reach out. Thank and you. And that I think is a superpower. So questions are great. Awesome. Yeah, I always hope that I'm not asking too many questions, but uh, now I'm, I'm eager to learn all these things and try to make it through. But yeah, I'm a big Netlify fan and I saw an opportunity there because I tried to search around and see if there was any existing work on that. And there's not, so I saw an opportunity to kind of both learn about, learn more about the Netlify plugin process and uh, try to build something that would help people get pretty uh, broad coverage of their applications because it's a ni nice way to fit that in through that process. So talk to me a little bit about Netlify because we've mentioned Netlify in different ways throughout the program. Obviously, we have a great working relationship with that company as well. But why are you a super fan or why are you a fan? Maybe I put too many words in your mouth when I said super fan, <laughs> but why are you a fan of Netlify? I think that's fair. 
Yeah. So I think Netlify at its simplest, a lot of people consider it a hosting company, but it's a lot more than that. It's like an automation, auto DevOps, I like to call it, uh, where they really handle a lot of that process for you in terms of uh, taking a website that's traditionally stored in some kind of Git provider like GitHub, um, taking that code and deploying it out to the world, but also all the processes around that. So building that site, um, providing things like plugins to transform that site, uh, the delivery of that site, where a lot of those things take a lot of effort if you're doing it manually on your own a cloud provider like uh, AWS or something like that, where it's a really powerful platform, but Netlify just makes that process super smooth. And it was actually one of my entry points into the Jamstack world where I just, the first time I deployed a site with Netlify, I was just amazed at how easy it was. And uh, coming from a team where I had to manually do that with AWS all the time. And again, this isn't putting down AWS to be clear, um, but Netlify just makes that so smooth. It was such a beautiful thing. And I... I've always been a fan since then. I think uh, they're currently referring to AWS now as bare metal, whereas if you're working on Netlify, uh, it's like you've got a DevOps team working for you. Yeah, and no, and I think that's a, like there's a lot of really powerful things you can do with AWS, but you have to do some of the things more manually, right? So like as a front-end engineer who doesn't necessarily care about all that stuff, I just want to get my, de my application deployed to the world. And Netlify is a beautiful solution for that. So now that like... We know that you've developed this plugin. We've referred to it like in 10 different ways in like this ancillary way. I think it's, this is a good choice for us to actually talk about this thing. What is this, this thing you actually developed? Tell us about the plugin. Sure. So I created a Cloudinary plugin for Netlify where uh, what it's going to do is on the within the life cycle of the Netlify process, after the site is built and you have all of your static files, uh, this plugin will go through and it'll replace all the images that it can find with Cloudinary images. So it'll use your hosting, uh, your Cloudinary account, cloud name, it will replace it with Cloudinary URL so that ultimately you're serving those files from Cloudinary. Now, why would we want to serve it from Cloudinary? Now, I'm not standing up here trying to advertise for Cloudinary, but you get a lot of awesome things like out of the box with this. Um, the two that I love the most because they're easy is the auto format and auto optimization where it's going to uh, gracefully compress your image to what needs to be so that it still looks like a great image, but it's going to reuse that file format, but also the, the auto format where we can serve modern formats image formats to the browsers that can actually support that, uh, which can and sometimes greatly reduce the file size, which is a huge win when you're trying to serve websites to people all over the world who who knows what kind of internet connection they have. I think one thing that I, that stood out to me was just the fact that like you decided to go the route of building the plugin. Like, but I also know there's lots of different ways to do this, like just do like local functions and whatnot. Why did you decide to take the route of creating the plugin in this case? I mean, other than just being able to understand the Netlify ecosystem a little bit better, potentially, but what, what, what was your reasoning for that versus local function? So the biggest reason is just simply trying to make it as easy as possible for somebody to just flip on that switch and serve the images from Cloudinary. Um, just because of that broad coverage, you don't have to think about how where the images are, how they're served. Um, you don't need any special functions, which, you know, of course, provides you a lot more capabilities on top of that, such as Cloudinary transformations. Um, but being able to do this in such a broad way just gives so much benefit without really having to think about it. Well, I think you also discovered that you can take advantage of Cloudinary without having to upload all your images there. You made a kind of a, a, a lazy optimization through your Netlify plugin. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Um, so by default, it's going to use the fetch method, which it'll take that remote 
uh, image, whether it's hosted on Netlify or hosted on whatever other CDN that you're using for your images, it'll fetch that image into Cloudinary and then it'll serve it and deliver it from Cloudinary. But that you also have the option to use the upload features, like there's auto upload and just standard upload where through that plugin process, um, if you prefer to do it that way, it'll actually go through and upload all those images first and then serve them uh, using the public ID from Cloudinary. So you have a couple different options, but just to make it as easy as possible, by default, it'll just flip it on with Fetch and they're just, they'll just be served from Cloudinary. And you're, you're using your favorite um, transformations, F-Auto and Q-Auto, but you actually could develop more on this and, and have all sorts of different transformations added. Oh, sure. I think I'm pretty like early in the development of it. Like there's still some holes I need to fill, uh, for instance, but yeah, like the great thing is you can provide like any kind of uh, configuration that you would like through uh, the LFI plugins configuration. So I can really open it up to whatever people want to do with it. Um, I, I don't think it's ever going to be as flexible as using the SDK inside of your application, but there's still a lot that we can make available right inside that config file and not even have to think about it. Yeah, I think you found something that a lot of developers want. You know, they they want in kind of a, a simpler way to get optimization into their website, like media optimization, especially image optimization. Yeah. Now, in terms of like the development of this, was there any particular frameworks that you focused on or any like when you were actually going through the building cap of the plugin? So it's really... Netlify, I think, uh, really succeeds in kind of the Jamstack area where it's going to be more static sites. Now, this kind of leads into a question of some of the holes that we still need to fill because uh, a lot of the web apps you see now are JavaScript based where the routing on the page is going to just be a, a JavaScript a page change instead of a full HTTP request. And some of those cases aren't going to be covered because of what it's actually doing is it's replacing those on-page images. Um, when that first HTTP uh, request comes with the page. Um, we're trying to look into solutions of how we can solve that. Uh, one way is we can, uh, that's currently not in the plugin, is we can say, if you have all of your images in the images directory, we can redirect them all to Cloudinary and use uh, some clever ways to do that on the Netlify um, infrastructure. But that's currently not implemented and we're looking to how we can do that in a comfortable way that makes it easy for everybody. Well, I'll throw out there too, there is a Cloudinary Labs website where there is an implementation where involving service workers. So if you want to get deeper into front end on that, there there's some work out there. But this is this is a wonderful challenge. And and it and then for me, I wanna I'm I'm interested in how you put together a plugin, like just the process of getting that going. Yeah, and I'd be happy to kind of share the code around it. But I mean, that's a good point about like the challenges. That are, that's also kind of why I enjoy doing this is I love to try to find these new challenges where I can try to solve them and work through them. And uh, I end up learning more about the technology while doing this. So this is, it's been a lot of fun for me uh, trying to work through this. Um, but if you want, yeah, I can uh, open up the code and we can kind of walk through what it looks like. Oh, be wonderful. yeah, that sounds great. But all you really need to do is add it to your Netlify configuration file uh, right inside of your project. Specify the package name along with your cloud name, which you can either do as an input uh, right inside of that configuration file, or you can add it as an environment variable if you prefer. But then it kicks off that process and it just transforms the, uh, the HTML as it's going through. Now to actually dive into what's going on, uh, the let's dive into the code itself. Um, where here we have the index.js, which is just the source of where the plugin kind of comes from. Um, but with Netlify, you have a bunch of different uh, 
entry points into the life cycle. Now, the particular one I'm using is on post build, which is referring to once the project is done building, I now have this ability to hook in and run some kind of custom functionality, which is where I'm providing these transformations. So beyond a lot of the kind of configuration of grabbing some of the inputs like and the API keys and such, uh, really at that point, we tap into the Cloudinary uh, SDK where we're going to start to configure that with all the different credentials and whatnot. Um, but then we look through all the files, we grab all the HTML files that were compiled as part of that uh, build and deployment process. And we're going to loop through all of them and we're going to update that HTML so that that image source is transformed to a Cloudinary URL. Now it's a little abstracted here. So of course not everything is happening here, but we can click right into this and I can start to show what that's actually looking like. So I'm using a tool called JS DOM, which is a JavaScript library, which is kind of giving us a, a DOM, a document object model like representation um, of the HTML that we pass into it, kind of like you would get in a browser, but inside a node, because you really don't have the DOM inside of Node. So this helps you actually kind of query and work through it like you would inside of a browser. So speaking of that, we look through and we try to find all the images on that page and we loop through all those images. We grab the source and we try to as part of this get Cloudinary URL, which again, I'll get to in a second, uh, we try to determine where that image is actually coming from. So let's click through there because I think that's probably the most interesting bit of what's happening. Because once we find that URL, we actually set that attribute on the image and we return the HTML as a string. So let's dive into now get Cloudinary URL where what this is going to do is it's going to try to determine how you want this thing actually served. So as I mentioned earlier, we allow a couple different methods where the default one is going to be fetch, which in my opinion is really the easiest because this you could just kind of set up there with not a lot of configuration, just your cloud name and you'll be up and running. But we're going to try to determine what that file URL is going to be uh, because whether or not it's coming from a non-Netlify host, uh, such as your own other CDN, or if you are serving it from Netlify, we need to try to find where that final URL is going to be so that we can pass that into uh, Cloudinary so that Cloudinary itself can fetch that image for us. But once we go through that, uh, the other types are upload, where we will actually go through and upload the image, uh, whether signed or unsigned. That's another option that you have, uh, since because you do have the option of providing like an upload uh, preset in Cloudinary. Uh, we're getting very uh, in the weeds with the Cloudinary uh, APIs here, but once we do upload that image, similar to the fetch, we return that location uh, where we have our Cloudinary URL and we provide those very basic transformations and we return the URL, which then again gets replaced inside of that HTML. So that's kind of the, the life cycle of the plugin. It's, it's pretty straightforward at this point um, in terms of what the flow of it is, where we, we look for all the images in the HTML, uh, we grab the Cloudinary URL representation of all those images and we replace them. And, and this is all occurring when you, um, in the build, that Netlify is performing for you. So it's yes. so, so once the application itself is, is built, uh, yeah. like the web app, it'll take the output of that and it'll run this on post build function. If I can navigate back to it. Yep. This on post build function where then it'll run all my custom code that replaces the URLs based on that output. 
that that just looks so nice. Your code is so clean and easy to read. <laughs> I was also really happy to see you had tests. So when I first looked at your repository, it's always nice to go in and look at tests and that kind of flags the kind of important functions that you're you're looking at. Yeah, so admittedly, I'm not always the best at writing my tests, but I want to make sure since I am developing something that I'm hoping is going to get uh, more broad usage. And it looks like I have a fail test there, actually. <laughs> but, um, you know, I wanted to make sure that I am providing uh, hardened functions so that it will actually go through and work uh, with everything that I'm doing, no matter the changes, especially because as we are trying to add more broad coverage, I don't want to have some regressions on some of the more uh, basic transformations that we're doing within it. Yeah, no, it's, it really helps to see like, you know, what you're actually applying these functions to, what they, what it looks like. So really appreciate that. So Colby, now that we've walked through the code and this was an excellent explanation of all of it, how does this ultimately translate to someone that would be using this within the Netlify ecosystem? How, what does this look like? Yeah, so really, if you have your web app in, uh, well, I guess wherever you have your web app, whether it is in Git or if it's uh, just locally deployed with Netlify CLI, uh, you'll just want to add this package via NPM, um, and then you'll add this configuration into your Netlify.toml is the typical file that I see for the Netlify config locally. Um, add your cloud name, whether as an input or as an environment variable, and really that's all you need to do. I mean, of course, you'll need your Cloudinary account. But in terms of Netlify, that's really all you need to do. Once you deploy it, Netlify will see that configuration and the plugin in that configuration, and it'll just take it into consideration as it's working through the build process. That's incredible. Hey, I know you yeah. have a demo page too, where you can kind of show this in action. Yes, let me find which one that is. So this demo is from a tutorial that I actually did for walking through this on my uh, on my blog. Um, but really, it's a static uh, web app where it's running this plugin uh, during the build process so that we can kind of see how this is actually working. Now, I'm not going to dive in too much into the code itself, um, but what we have here is a pretty basic Next.js application um, where I just have some images images on the page um, that are getting statically rendered uh, with the application. Now, if we look inside this Netlify.toml file, kind of like I was alluding to before, now part of the tutorial, I walk through additionally how to deliver them with upload. So that's why we also see this upload uh, input here. But as we can see, even without that, it's really just this simple few lines of configuration to get that up and running. Um, now, once that's actually being served, let me grab the deployed URL for that. We can see that this is the, the demo application and these images are now being served from Cloudinary. And we can see that by inspecting the URL. And let me make this a little bit bigger just in case it's hard to see. But we can see the res.cloudinary.com URL where it's providing my, uh, my cloud name and the symbol transformations along with the public ID of that image that was uploaded into my Cloudinary account. Now, when I walk through the demo, I'll show some other cool things that I like about why this is actually impactful. Um, but as we can see, there's really nothing else that I did special in terms of the application in order to serve these from Cloudinary. I just added that plugin and it automatically served them for me. 
what I like about what you've done is that it's also, it, it is, as you're saying, extremely simple in its design where all we're focusing on is transformations dealing with fetch format and quality. But as we've seen also through your code, if one were to upload with upload presets and be able to do cropping and resizing that way, you could always tack things on, like almost ad hoc to your existing plugin structure. So it's not like where someone as a developer would be waiting for you to develop new code against this. They could easily take what you do with just some quick changes to Cloudinary and develop it to fit their particular use case, if I'm understanding it correctly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, so the only difference, I guess, would be you're you're talking about actually changing the code for the plugin, right? So right. somebody could absolutely develop their own plugin, clone it, publish it to NPM, and have their own completely custom version of this. That's the nice thing about the Netlify functions is really it's using NPM as a source to grab that package where it can then come in and run whatever code you want on that Netlify build and deploy process. Um, now, the only slight difference is Netlify has their plugins directory, and they're very particular about making sure that, you know, we're that they're installing safe plugins and everything is getting reviewed um, as part of that process, uh, which is a great process for them to be having a, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, of course, anybody can build their own plugin and uh, have it ready available for their site so they can provide these kind of transformations. It's especially helpful if a team doesn't have certain access inside of their code base to do things like this, where if they still can install on Netlify, they can still provide that uh, benefit, whether it is Cloudinary or some other tool, and then still be able to work through that with the modern tech, uh, modern technology. Absolutely. And of course, with all the clean code that you've supplied them as a starting point too. I love. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, Thank you. you know, I'm curious because the code really is very clean and it's, it's easy to understand the process that you're going through to create it. But did you run into any roadblocks as you were developing this? Anything that you had to learn new things or master? Yeah, so I think the most interesting thing that I ran into was learning about how what data was available to me on the Netlify build process, um, particularly because we need to have that fully formed URL for the image, whether or not we're uh, fetching it or I guess that's only in the fetch case, right? Where we need to pass in that remote URL. We need to be able to know what that final URL is going to be on Netlify. Um, so I, I talked to the Netlify team and figured out, but they have a, a lot of environment variables and configuration available within the plugin ecosystem um, where we were able to find how to create that URL pattern so that we would have that representation of the URL to pass into the Cloudinary uh, transformation. Um, otherwise, because a lot of the images that are on the page might just be slash images slash, uh, you know, whatever dot JPEG. So I need to have that fully final URL to pass it into Cloudinary as a fetch. No, it's 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 really nice to see how that all came together and and you're able to work with Netlify to figure out some of those problems. Yeah, not to butter Netlify up too much, but uh, they're a great team and they were super helpful with, uh, uh, you know, helping me work through this. So Colby, when I'm thinking about this overall deployment project, when we're talking about getting this thing live, what does that ultimately look like? I feel like it's something that I don't know if I've even actually seen this from that perspective, having worked with Netlify and whatnot. Can you show some of that? 
Yeah, for sure. And I do have a little starter project that I can kind of work from. So first of all, I'll pull that up and kind of show what I have, uh, where I've used this framework called Astro, which is from the Snowback team. If you're familiar with uh, all the actual JavaScript building stuff, um, it's it's a more modern framework uh, where it by default, you're not shipping JavaScript, which is really cool, which is kind of why I like it. And it's still in the early days for Astro itself, but there's a lot of cool things that, uh, looking forward with it. But I wanted to use this because I knew I could deploy a static site uh, really quickly um, and kind of see what this would look like. But what this is going to actually be, I'll pull up the demo itself for it, um, where again, I just have a bunch of images on the page and we can start to inspect this and we can see that it's just serving this locally uh, on Netlify, uh, just as if I weren't doing anything else. Um, but because this is an Astro uh, site, what I'm going to do is I'm going to treat it as a starter, where what that means is I'm going to clone it down locally um, as if I'm creating a brand new project with it. And I'll show you how to, first of all, how to deploy it over to Netlify, but also how we can actually uh, install that plugin after we do that. So how I'm going to actually do this is I'm going to use it as a starter. So I'm going to head over to my terminal. And the first thing I'm going to do is make a new directory for this project. So let's just call it my Astro Cloudinary, where I'm going to now navigate into that. And if we go to astro.build, which is their website, we can actually see how we can start a new project. And the way that I'm going to start this new project is I'm going to use what's called a template. Um, so actually it might've been on that first page. Yeah, here we go. So we can see that once we have our directory, we're going to run npm init astro, and I'm going to actually pass in my template. So I'm going to run npm init astro dash, 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 dash template. And I'm going to pass in my Colby Fayok Astro image gallery. Now, what this is going to do is it's going to clone down that site that I just showed you uh, inside a GitHub. So it can actually make it available locally for me to start up the project. Now, if you're familiar with Next.js or even Gatsby, typically you can do this and create the folder uh, as part of that process, but Astro actually requires you to do all that a little bit more manually, which isn't a big deal. It's just something that to keep in mind as you're working through it. But now we see that our next steps, I'm going to NPM install, and we can even initialize Git because we're going to want to actually put this up on GitHub to deploy to Netlify. But once this is, this is working through installing the NPM packages, which might just take a second. In the meantime, I can start to create my GitHub repository because I know that I'm going to need that. So we can hit new repository and I called this my Astro Cloudinary. And because I'm going to deploy a project that I already have locally, I'm just going to create the repository instead of adding any of those other files. But let's see here. Once we have all the NPM packages installed, which is taking a little bit of time. I guess my internet's a little slow right now. I can continue on with the process inside of the browser uh, because we can push those changes up once we have the project itself. So I'm going to head over to Netlify and I'm going to log in. And once I'm in there, I'm going to hit add a new site, which I'm going to import an existing project. Now, as we know, I don't have anything in this project right now. So I probably want to wait for that, actually, because one of the cool things about Netlify is when you import a new project, it's actually going to be able to help detect what that framework is before you use it. Yeah, we have that locally available now, and I'm going to initialize uh, my Git repository, but then I can run npm run dev, and we can just see what this is going to look like locally before we push it up. So I'm going to open this up in my browser, and we can see that I have all my images here. And 
again, I can inspect this and these are all just being served locally. Um, that's why they loaded so fast, but we can see that we just have a really basic site. So now let's actually get this up into our Git repository and let's get it into Netlify. So now that I have it initialized, I can add it into GitHub by adding this remote origin, first of all, and then pushing that up into GitHub itself. Once I reload, we can see that we have that new project. So now let's actually import this into Netlify so we can see how that works. So once I'm in Netlify, again, I created a new site. I'm going to hit GitHub, which if this is your first time in Netlify, it's going to ask you to authorize with GitHub. Um, but because I'm already authorized, I can just search for my repository where once the search actually turns up all those results, I can select that. And like I was kind of alluding to, it already knows how I want to configure this site. Now it does this with all the different frame, the all the different popular frameworks at least. Where with Next.js, it's going to actually tell you, ask you if you want to install the Next.js plugin. Where here, it knows that these are the default commands with Astro, so it automatically puts those in for us. So I'm going to click Deploy Site. And in the background, what this is going to do is it's going to start to build and actually deploy that site up onto the Netlify. Uh, infrastructure just based off of that Git repository. And because Astro is actually pretty fast, this shouldn't take too long uh, to actually work. I, I'm kind of mystified right now, to be honest, <laughs> because like for people that may have not played with Net Netlify and Netlify CLI, the fact that you were able to run Netlify dev and it just did so many magical things right there to be able to see everything locally, it just I was, I just, I'm, I'm really impressed. It, it's really, really fantastic. All the things that Netlify is doing on the back end there. Um, yeah, for sure. Am I the only person that feels that way? Like, like when I, you show me, like, that's right. kind of freak out. <laughs> I, I love this product. You can do all of that CLI work. And then when you, once you hook up your GitHub to it, every time you push to GitHub, it, it, it's got a hook and it just rebuilds your project for you. Yeah, so and we'll actually see really that when I configure Cloudinary, which will be cool. Um, but yeah, I think I kind of take it for granted now because of how easy it is. It's it's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is one of those things where it's just like, as, I think as a developer, I mean, I, obviously we work for Cloudinary. We don't work for Netlify. I need to make sure that's very, very clear based on how the tone of this conversation has been going. <laughs> but but in the same sense, like it, like if I was trying to easily, you know, spin up a project, the fact that you just showed how easy it was to do this, um, I, I, I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm very, very blown away. Very, very cool stuff. Netlify. <laughs> it is yeah. amazing. Yep. Um, but as we can see, it's green and it was actually deployed already. So we can start to look at it on Netlify servers, um, where if I inspect, uh, like we would expect they're being served from Netlify, um, which is completely fine. Netlify is a great CDN. Um, but you know, ultimately we want to see how we can have to uh, optimize this uh, moving forward with Cloudinary. Now, one thing I do want to kind of show before we get into that is kind of what we're looking at inside of the network panel. Now, if you're not familiar with uh, what I'm showing you here, this is the developer tools that cr uh, Chrome provides you. And all the other popular browsers have something similar. But what we can see here is all the different images that are being requested. And one thing that I like to pay attention to are things like the size of that image and how much time it's actually taking. Now, I'm on pretty fast internet. So, you know, aside from that NPM install that we saw earlier, so these times are going to be pretty fast, but we want to see how we can actually improve these times. And to be fair, now that they're cached, we can refresh it again and see that they're more normalized rather than that first request, which is going to be a little bit slower until it actually caches on the servers. So let's leave this page open. 
we're going to leave this page open and see how it compares once we actually convert this site to use uh, the Cloudinary uh, image hosting. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to head back over to that plugin if I can find it with all my different tabs open, story of my life. But what we're going to do is we're going to first install uh, our Netlify plugin locally as an NPM package. I'm going to simply paste that right in. And hopefully this one doesn't take as much time to install since it's just that single package. But we can see that the second thing that we need to do is we're going to need to add this plugins snippet into our Netlify configuration. Now, what that means is I'm going to actually grab this full snippet at the bottom where this kind of just walks you through how that works. But I'm going to first open this up inside of my editor which I'm using VS Code right now. And what I'm going to do is at the very root of the project, I'm going to create a new file called netlify.toml. And all I'm going to do is paste in that snippet. We're here, we're defining the plugin that we wanna use, which is our Netlify plugin Cloudinary. And we're going to define an input and that input is going to be my cloud name. So I'm gonna specify Colby demo and make sure if you're following along that you wanna use your own cloud account. So you're not limited to my uh, demo free account. Uh, so just to make that clear. Um, but now all I'm going to do is simply add all those files to Git. I'm going to commit it, say adding Cloudinary plugin. And I'm going to push that up, which as uh, was kind of alluded to here, what's going to happen is if I refresh the page here, we now see that I have that file there along with the changes for adding that uh, package to NPM. If we head over to Netlify and I refresh the page here, where if you wait long enough, it'll actually refresh on its own. We can see that we already have a new build kicked off. And that's because I pushed up to the main branch, which is the default branch for my Netlify site. Now, you can change that branch and you can even create what's called deploy previews, where if I push to another branch and create a pull request, there's a little bit of a tangent, but if I create a pull request with another branch, it'll create a separate deployment rather than deploying to that main, uh, that main domain. But once we kind of wait here for this build to finish, we can see it's already published. Uh, before I dig in though, Let's click through and look through the logs because what I want to show you is we can see that it's going through this Netlify build process. We can see that it runs the build command, which is just running through Astro for us. But we can now see that we have this Netlify plugin Cloudinary on post build event. And that's exactly kind of how we talked about how this process would work going through. Now, I don't really have a lot of logs going on here unless you have some kind of error, but we can see that it's done. So we want to see what this actually looks like when it's done. So I'm going to head back and I'm going to open open this up in a new tab. And we can see that the images kind of look exactly like it did before, but let's open up our inspector where I'm going to look at the image and we can see that it's now being served from Cloudinary. Now, let's actually look at the network tab and see what happens. I'm gonna refresh the page. And similar to before, after that first request, it's going to kind of normalize how it's being loaded. But we can see if we're starting to look here, we were originally requesting JPEGs here, but now we can see that we have a type of AVIF. Is AVIF the proper uh, phonetic pronunciation of it? <laughs> but now yeah. we have all these AVIF files, which are going to provide us a lot of benefits on top of that. Now, if I switch back and forth between these, let's just look at this beach.jpg, where this original size was 566 kilobytes. Now, if I go back to the AVIF, that's 186 kilobytes. We can see that, let's see, we can probably look at the total transferred at the bottom here where we have two megabytes of those images uh, with the AVIF format, I believe. 
and we had 4.5 megabytes for the JPEG format. Now, I didn't do anything aside from installing that plugin. And what that's going to do is it's going to automatically optimize and it's going to automatically serve that modern format of AVIF, which is going to give those smaller file size, which is first of all, transferring less data to the browsers and devices that are requesting that, but it's also going to be quicker because you're transferring less data. So it's it's a really easy way to have an easy performance win uh, to optimize those images on your site. And of course, we're looking through this, nothing looks different between the two sites. It's completely, it looks completely the same, but you have that, auto, uh, that optimization now. And I yeah. should clarify something here, Colby, because you're showing an awesome example and I've loved everything that you've shown in this. One thing that sometimes, I, when I've talked to developers over the years that I've worked at Cloudinary, they sometimes think that F auto, which is the fetch format transformation that you've applied, it's like almost like a WebP converter or an AVIF converter. Like we've seen an example where we took everything from JPEG mm. to AVIF, but I should really emphasize that it only did that because it found AVIF was the most optimized file. It doesn't mean that everything will become AVIF because there are sometimes you have a developer who's like, well, I don't want all my files to be AVIF. Why should I use F auto? And it's like, well, it's choosing the best possible version for what's going to be there. So it actually, if you Thanks ever see a case where you're using F-Auto and it says the type didn't change at all, let's say it stayed as JPEG, that doesn't mean that actually F-Auto didn't work. It just means that it said what you served originally is what is the most optimal version for that well, case. So and just want to have as a clarification. And, and just also that you didn't lose your original file. The JPEG was what was uploaded to Cloudinary. And if you look at the media library, you're going to see it there. What's been, what's happened is a transformation was run and you have a derived AVIV file. So the Cloudinary CDNs can determine, oh, you're coming from Chrome. You probably would do well with an AVIV and it's going to go pull that derived. So you, you're not losing your original image at all. Yes, and thank you for clarifying those. Those little details definitely get lost in translation, but they are very important to that process. But oh my gosh, it, like it, it just it it really does show like the plugin fantastic. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. You did the right thing by deploying to Netlify and working with them. So um, I'm I'm very very impressed. Very good job, Colby. One question I did actually have for you about the plugin situation with Netlify, being someone that has used Netlify before, you're familiar with everything that's involved with that company and what they provide. Is there any other Netlify plugins that you've seen that have actually really helpful for you for just your overall development work? Anything that you're saying while people are getting into maybe learning about Netlify, learning about plugins, is there any other ones worth exploring that are part of that like official library they have? Yeah, there's definitely a bunch. I can't say that I've used a ton of different ones. I know there's an Algolia one, which is a search. Uh, it provides search onto your site. And part of that process, it'll automatically uh, scrape your Netlify site. I don't know too much about that. I haven't used it. I just heard cool things about it. But one, th one that I really enjoy is their uh, Next.js plugin, which it's kind of behind the scenes because you don't really think about it, where if you're a Next.js application developer, which I love Next.js, when you deploy it up to Netlify, part of the issue is a lot of features in Next.js aren't kind of Jamstack friendly or Netlify is really on the Jamstack static web kind of thing, right? Uh, plus Lambda functions on top of that, where Next.js has some server-side rendering and uh, 
capabilities on top of that. But what they're what they've done is they've taken this Next.js plugin on Netlify, where it'll take your Next.js site and it'll transform it into functionality where it can deploy on Netlify. And if I'm not mistaken, it has most of the features covered. I know there might be some small ones that um, aren't covered, but generally you you can deploy any of your uh, Next.js sites on Netlify because of that, where things like server-side rendering, it'll transform into Lambda functions, um, probably more technical than just calling a general broad Lambda functions, but um, that's probably my favorite plugin and that I use all the time, even though it's kind of just behind the scenes. No, I, I, I can see that thing super helpful. And actually, Becky, tell me if I'm wrong about this. Is this the first time we've actually talked about Next.js in any of our programs? I know we've covered Jamstack projects, but this next feels new to me in this case, I, right? I think it it is. I don't think we've had anyone on that has brought it up. And I know I use it a lot in training to put together, you know, when you're working with React and you want to like, say, put a video player up on a page. It's, I like next just for the fact that I don't have to get a router. <laughs> I don't have to set up a router. And um, so I love, I'm, I'm right with you on I, Next.js was created by Vercel and you can deploy it there. But for some reason, I've put together Next.js with Netlify in the way that you're describing. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Vercel is another great company. Um, nothing against them. I just, I've always been a Netlify fan. Um, I just, prefer it for whatever reason maybe it's just the ui or something and um i i have no reason to switch so i keep deploying it there and they've been amazing with uh keeping up with the next.js development um to make sure that the features are in parity yeah I, I have a feeling there's a laziness about developers where when we find something that works we stick with it for a while <laughs> and for sure so now that you've developed this plugin, you're diving into all things Cloudinary, of course, and your day-to-day -day work. What are what are the next things? What what's next for the plugin? What's next for Colby? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing in terms of the plugin is I want to try to provide more uh, broad coverage out of the box. Um, now, I don't think there's going to be a solution where we can have complete complete coverage for any kind of JavaScript application, um, kind of like Next.js with the client-side routing, unfortunately, um, but kind of like that solution where maybe we can take all images in the images directory or whatever directory that you specify so that we can provide at least more inclusive uh, coverage uh, for your application. Um, but ultimately, I want to try to make it as easy as possible to just uh, put Cloudinary on your entire site uh, because of the awesome optimization that you actually get for performance on it. Um, for me, you know, I want to keep trying to find different things that I can do with Cloudinary. I, I've been having a blast learning about uh, all the different tools on it. Um, and that's not me here trying to plug Cloudinary, um, but I've just been having a blast with it and I can't wait to keep digging into things like this. Amazing. Well, Colby, I, I can't wait to see what else you dig into, to be honest. This, this is, if this is step one, I can't wait to see what te step two, three, four are when it comes to your journey, working with us, working with assets the way that you have been, of course, and empowering the JavaScript, the Jamstack developer community as much as possible. So congratulations to you. And I'm so happy that you could be part of us here today. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's Absolutely. been great working with you, and I'm really happy that we could have you on this program. And as Sam said at the beginning, you're the first to appear here that works at Cloudinary. So, <laughs> like, I'm sitting an honor. Thank you. <laughs> there, as I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, you saw it. There's so many things that we talked about with Colby that just 
when it comes to web development, it's going to make your life easier to pick up some of these best practices and tips and tricks that he provided. But I think the first one that I have to state, and I need to indicate, I'm not paid to say this. <laughs> this is just because <laughs> how much I believe it to be true. Netlify is making it so much easier to deploy your web projects than I think any time before today, because it's just where you have to do certain things, but the certain things are very small. And then once it happens, it just, the deployment process, it just, it's easy. And we saw it with Colby's project, but Becky, do you agree? Easy? Netlify? Oh yeah. I am a big fan of Netlify and I, I feel almost like I have a DevOps team of my own when I'm working there. They do all the building. You could pull in these um, plugins to add extra functionality. They make it pretty easy to configure. You can run it from the command line. There's just a, a, a bunch of things that make it a really a pleasure to work with Netlify. I agree. And you, and you said something that's very true. I have worked with Netlify CLI. I've seen it. I've talked to people that have developed it. It's awesome. So if you haven't had a chance to touch Netlify, overall system and ecosystem of what they provide, and not just with some of the things that we should, but other aspects, take the time to do a little bit of investigation. I think you will be impressed like the way that me and Becky are. And I also think back to what Colby set out to do with his plugin. One thing this is proving, and I think in general, what the efforts of our cloudinary community is showing is that every project for the most part can benefit from some form of image optimization or video optimization efforts. So whether that's getting them to be at the right format, whether that's changing your JPEGs to WebPs or AVIPs, or whether that's ensuring that they're at the right resolution or they're at the right aspect ratio, any form of optimization you can be thinking about before you deploy and put it out into the world is a great thing to be considering. It's like, I remember back in the day, you'd see people walking around with bracelets that would say WWJD, which would mean, what would Jesus do? I almost want you to be thinking like, how can I optimize this and have this on a bracelet? Because there's so many cases, and I'm not saying you need to do it with Cloudinary, but I'm saying you should be always thinking to yourself, if you're in web development, can I optimize this? And probably the answer is yes. I think, yeah, we're, we're all aware as web developers becoming more and more aware because of web core vitals. If you're working in Chrome, you're going you're gonna to be aware. There's going to be indications that you are not doing things in an optimized way. Um, and, and then if you, with your, especially with images and video, these tend to be the things that slow down layout and, and such or cause large downloads. So once you discover what Cloudinary can do with F-Auto and Q-Auto, it's like, why wouldn't you use it, you know? And, and then to have it built in with uh, Netlify here during your build, it's, it really makes it pretty easy to incorporate. So, <laughs> Becky, we've said internally just to each other that, you know, even if you see yourself as a lazy person, it's not hard to append F-Auto and Q-Auto to all your URLs <laughs> and get it done. And like, just let the system do all the work for you. It's like, it's passively optimizing as you're doing this process. Yeah. So it's, it's a good thing for sure. I think the final thing that I wanted to point out with this is just the fact that Netlify, as they're showing, they have a robust amount of build plugins that are happening that are touching other types of microservices and other API-driven companies like Cloudinary into the Netlify ecosystem because of their build plugin program. So. I've seen them where they're working with 
New Relic. I've seen them work with Algolia and other companies to help bring that in for helping people with their overall deployments, but also their overall project development. So for developers that are saying, I would love it if this thing could do this thing. A great way to do that is to build a plugin or extension. So whether that's building Chrome extensions for your browsers, or if it's building, as Colby showed, build plugins for a system like Netlify, take the time to think about how you can benefit your user and developer community by creating something just like the way that Colby did. I think it's a great way to get your name out there if you're trying to make your presence felt and shown, but it's also definitely a way you can contribute back and help people accelerate and optimize their overall development efforts. Yeah, I think this really brings us to into in, integrating the best services in our applications that the cloud offers. And it makes it, these plugins make it really easy for us to do that. And I think if you're working in the cloud, this is kind of the dream of the cloud is that we can just pull the best of, of breed of all of these different services easily into our applications. So this is a really big deal for, for optimizing images and video integration. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think there's, there's so many reasons why it's wonderful that now because of just the vastness of what the internet has provided, what cloud-based services have provided, you can really do that best of breed that you're talking about, Becky. It's now where with a little bit of research, I can find that great e-commerce system. I can find that great static site generator. I can find back to like, I mentioned Algolia, a great way to really enhance all of your search capabilities. There's so many things that you can do, but of course you can pull it all in together and plugins and extensions are a great way to do that from a nice turnkey perspective too. And the other really neat thing is that they're all open source. So you can go and read the code. You can read their test. You can really verify for yourself as a developer, whether this is something that you want to bring in to your, you know, system, you know, this is the kind of thing that you want to add to your build. So I mean, that's, that's a real plus too. It is. I mean, as much as I love marketing teams, there are times where you want to get into the technical details of this before you add it to your system and not just review a case study or a white paper or a web page description. So I think the fact that all of these services have open GitHubs, I mean, we even see it with Netlify. They, they have their JSON for publishing the plugin list right there available on GitHub. So it's where the more transparency that all of these companies are providing, it helps out developers to see what gaps there may be and how they can fulfill that. And also what are we getting into before we get into installation processes? Becky and I, we've got our key takeaways here. And of course, hopefully you have your own after watching and listening to this episode. The only thing that we ask of you is tell somebody about this if you had a good experience. So if you've watched this on YouTube or Cloudinary Academy, or you listen to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure to like it, share it, subscribe to it if it's possible. And then also make sure that you are just readily telling people that this content exists because we love making this content for listeners and viewers like you. And keep in mind that we always are going to be putting out new Dev Jams episodes from thought leaders, from people that are pushing forward development projects, just like Colby. So if you are interested in being a part of this episode, if you feel like you are doing something interesting, feel free to reach out to us as well. We would love to talk to you about all the great things you might be doing. And of course, thank you from everybody at Cloudinary, our customer education team there. And of course, 
Colby and the developer relations team at Cloudinary. Thank you for being a part of this and we'll see you next time for the next episode of Dev Jams. We did it. We did it. Yeah. Yeah.